Welcome to the Oasis Network Roadshow. My name is Tom Arnold, and I trust you're having a blessed day today. On today's Roadshow, we have in the studio with us Karen Jensen Salisbury. Karen has been in ministry for almost 30 years. She's been a writer for almost 40 years. She and her first husband, Brent, traveled as itinerant ministries and pioneered two churches in the northwest portion of the United States. In 1997, upon Brent's unexpected death, she became the senior pastor of their church in Boise, Idaho. Karen was an instructor at Rama Bible Training College in Broken Arrow from 2005 through 2014. In March of 2014, she married businessman Bob Salisbury, and they live in Minneapolis. Now, in addition to writing books, Karen travels across the U.S. and abroad, sharing what she's learned about God's faithfulness. Karen, welcome to the Roadshow. Thank you. It's great to be here on the other side of the mic. This is a little different for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's a blessing to host the Roadshow, as you know, but it's a blessing to be a guest, too. Well, Karen, I have been blessed by your Roadshows. Oh, thanks. I know you always write to me after you listen to a roadshow and say, great interview, Karen. You're so sweet. I appreciate that. So for those of you that are listening that don't realize, Karen typically is on the other chair. She's in my chair. She's the one conducting the interviews for these roadshows. But she has recently released a new book. That's right. And we would like to talk about that book today. So tell us about your new book, Karen. Well, it's called Closer Than You Ever Imagined. And the subtitle is Experiencing the Deep Relationship with God You Always Wanted, which is pretty long, but it explains it. It's really, you know, I wrote the book because people had often approached me, whether I was teaching at Rhema or, you know, teaching in churches, and said, I want what you have, Karen. How can I get closer to God? I want them to know because, of course, the amazing thing is God wants to get closer to us. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. The creator of the universe wants to be known by me, by yes. you. And so that's why I wrote the book to help people understand that he took the first steps toward us. Yes. He's the one who made sure that we could be as close to him as we ever wanted. I think sometimes people feel, you know, unworthy or uh, they think God's mad at them, or they just think being close to God is for preachers or, you know, somebody else. But no, he knows everything about you. He wants to be as close to you as you want to be to him. Yes. And I think some people may say, well, wait a minute, I'm born again. I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am close to God. But I would think in any type of relationship, whether it's marriage or any type of relationship with your children, there are times that that relationship is closer and there's times that it's more distant. And it doesn't mean you're not saved or you're not born again, but it just means that you need to draw near to the Lord. And I know that's one of the scriptures you put an emphasis on. Well, and I think, you know, no matter how close you feel to God right now, there's always more. Yeah. You know, even when we get to heaven and we spend eternity with him, we'll keep on learning his goodness. So maybe you're listening and you're thinking, well, I already feel close to God, like you said, but there's more. Yeah. You know, that's the great thing about God. You'll never plumb the depths. In fact, I say right in the beginning of the book, just because I'm writing a book about being close to God does not mean I am the quintessential expert, you know, that I'm as close as anybody ever got because nobody is. You know, he's fathomless. The depths of him can never be plunged. But I think every human heart cries out to be close to their father. Yes. You know? And I say that because I understand some people right out of the gate may say, well, wait a minute, I'm already close to God. I'm saved. I'm spirit-filled. 
But the reality is we go through seasons of our life that push us even closer. We have just a keener ability to hear from the Lord or just understand what the Lord's saying at that moment. Yeah. And so it is vitally important. Jesus, though he was God, and he was as close to God as you get, he is he Emmanuel. <laughs> yeah, but he still fasted and prayed. And yeah. there were times that he sought the Father. went away to draw near to the Lord. So it's you know, it's kind of a, one of those things where I think theologically people could get tripped up on what we're saying. We're not indicating that you're not saved or no. you're not in relationship with the Lord, positionally righteous. But we're saying that just as in any relationship, there's effort that we draw near. We take the first step and he draws near to us. So Karen, in the introduction, you wrote something that really touched me. And it was something that I thought had an impact in my life in a positive way. And you made the statement that the Apostle Paul's focus was not reaching the known world. His focus was not writing half the New Testament. His focus was not performing the miraculous in the name of Jesus. His focus, according to Philippians 3.10, and this is from the Amplified, is that he would progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with God. Yeah, he says, my determined purpose is to know him. You know, and I mean, you think about Paul, and sometimes if you get carried away with what God's called you to do or with what you feel like you should do in the world, then that becomes your determined purpose. You know, my determined purpose is to fulfill the call on my life. My determined purpose is to win the lost. My, and those are all good, but Paul didn't say my determined purpose is to win the lost, although he did that. You know, my determined purpose isn't to write half the New Testament, although he did that. You know, he said, my determined purpose is to know him. And out of that knowing him, he was able to do the miracles, win the lost, you know, evangelize the known world, write half the New Testament. That's hopeful to me. Yes. I don't have to make the plan of God come to pass in my life, or I don't have to compare myself to anybody else, how many souls I'm winning compared to somebody else. All I have to do is know him. Then I hear his voice, then I do his will, and everything expands from that knowledge of God. So I'll be honest with you, Karen. Whenever I read that, it took pressure off me. Yes. Because sometimes I pray, and I don't feel like maybe I'm not spending enough time thinking about what I need to be doing for the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes my focus is just, Lord, I just want to draw closer. I just love you. I just want to... Go yeah, deeper and we with can you. do that, right? right? That's right. something, hey, if that's all I have to do is get closer to God, then he makes the rest of it happen. And really, isn't that Christianity in a nutshell? Right. The works come out of him being in us. Relationship. You know? Yes, the works come out of relationship. And that does take the pressure off. No yeah. guilt. Yeah. Christians feel so guilty all the time. I should do more. I should love God better. I should this, I should that. When really, if you just press into knowing him, He'll that, open all the doors. He'll he he'll does. go before you. He'll take. And not only that, when you do walk through those doors, you've actually got something to say you know, that <laughs> might have that. an impact on yeah. someone's life. Yeah. So when you wrote that statement that I might know him, the other side of the coin, I think, is I'd like for you to speak to this. I think a lot of times people are seeking guidance. They're seeking direction. And all of that will come as a natural byproduct of just knowing the Lord. Yes. And of course, we have to talk about the Bible. 
when you talk about knowing God, but somebody says, yeah, 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 that's good. How do I get to know God? I can't see him. I can't, you know, physically hear him like you and I can hear each other. So how do I get to know somebody that I can't even see? Well, luckily, thankfully, not luck, but blessedly, <laughs> he left us his word. You know, the Bible is God talking to us. Yeah. If you want to hear from God, you open your Bible and you start reading and get so familiar with it. I use the example of, you know, they teach U.S. Treasury agents to recognize counterfeit money by letting them handle real money. Yeah. They spend hours and hours and hours smelling it, touching it, looking at it, putting it under a microscope. So they get so familiar with the real that if counterfeit money goes by them, they recognize it immediately. Well, what if we as Christians got so familiar with the real voice of God, which is his word? What he expects from us, what he's done for us, uh, how we're supposed to live as Christians. We get so familiar with that, that if the wrong plan comes along or the wrong way of acting comes along, we recognize it right away and don't do it. So Karen, you share a story towards the end of the book about meeting your father in Phoenix yeah, and how that you were wanting to spend a few days with your dad. And on the last day, it was very stressful. But God revealed himself to you by just putting him first. That story is repeated in all of our lives. But tell the story if you want. Well, because I've learned that if you put God first, now, you know, that's what I call a daily devotional time, really. If we don't make an appointment with God daily and charge up our spirit man, we're trying to live life in our own strength, and it's too hard. So I, you know, I've found so many times in my life I've been so busy or whatever, I think, oh, I don't have time for a devotional today. But every time I stop and take the time to put God first, read his word, pray, he shows up and puts everything together in a way that may not have been put together if I didn't seek him. So long story short, my dad and I were in Phoenix. We went to spring training. He's 86 years old. We He flew in from Portland. I flew in from Minneapolis. So right away, you know, there's the meeting at the airport and all the logistics, and then you have to take a shuttle to the rental car place. So it, we did it, but it was a little stressful. And so on the way back, it was even, I was thinking, okay, we have to drive to the airport at rush hour in Phoenix. You know, that could be fraught with peril. I've decided to drop him off at the airport by himself and take the car back to the rental place, which is miles away, and then get the shuttle and come back. And anyway, so there's just a million things that could go wrong, right? And so I just prayed, Father, please order our steps, do these kinds of things. And I spent time in the Word first. And long story short, it happened perfectly. There was no traffic. Dropped Dad off. Off he went to his gate. I found signs to the rental place return. You know, I thought I might get lost in Phoenix going five miles to try to find the rental car place. Huge signs that show you the whole way. As soon as I was done and stepped out on the sidewalk, here comes the shuttle, picks me up, delivers me right to my gate. My TSA pre-line was short. You know, everything came together. And I heard God smile, you know what I mean? He's like, see, when you put me first, I'll just order it all for you. Yeah, it's an investment. But so worth it. It is a worthy investment. Yeah, we do that and we just do it in faith. And what I'm referring to, when we under restraint, time restraints, but we go ahead and say, no, let's go ahead and put the Lord first. Yes. Let's just take a few moments. Let's wait on the Lord. Let's spend some time in prayer and in his word. 
there's just something about God. When we put him first, those that honor me, God says, I will honor them. Yes. And make it, I heard, I just heard somebody tell a story about a, a man who was in his office putting God first. It's probably a pastor. And somebody, some royalty or some really important person came to see him. And his secretary knocks on the door and says, you know, ABC important person is here to see you. And the pastor actually said, tell him I'm having an appointment with God right now. I'll see him in a few minutes. And I thought, wow, now there's a guy who gets it. And that's how we get closer to God. It is. In a nutshell, time. Yes. Yeah. So there was an event that took place in Karen's life that really triggered a deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus, deeper than she ever dreamed. It was a traumatic experience, but it had a net positive. It ended up being a a good thing. I mean, in the sense that out of... God gave you beauty for ashes, yeah, Yes. at a very devastating time in your life. So on the other side of the roadshow, when we come back for our second segment, we're going to talk about this encounter with Jesus that Karen had during the darkest and most difficult season of her life. We'll be right back right after this. I'm David Warren here with some exciting news for Oasis listeners. We have a new mobile device app. It's free, easy to download, and lets you enjoy our refreshing music and talk everywhere you go. If you have an Android cell phone, go to the Google Play Store. And if you have an iPhone or iPad, visit the Apple Store and search for Oasis Radio Network. Be an Oasis ambassador and share this news with family and friends around the world. Welcome back to The Roadshow. My name is Tom Arnold, and we're blessed to have in the studio with us today, Karen Jensen Salisbury. Karen, we're so blessed to have you on The Roadshow today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And as we said in the opening segment, you are typically hosting a roadshow. I do that sometimes. And you do a wonderful job. And I've texted before David Warren to let him know he did a good job of finding this so I've heard you, but today's the first day we've ever met. I know. I've heard you, too. And so it's 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 a great job, isn't it? I it mean, is. it's a blessing to be a host on the roadshow. And one thing about being a host on the roadshow, you're exposed to different books yeah. that maybe you haven't heard about. In this case, it's just being released, so it would have been impossible for me to hear about. <laughs> but we're here today talking about your most recent book. And tell us about this book. Well, it's called Closer Than You Ever Imagined, and the subtitle is Experiencing the Deep Relationship with God You Always Wanted. And I just find that the cry of the human heart is to know God more. But a lot of times Christians feel like they're not worthy or they don't know how to approach God. You know, I have people say to me all the time, I want to know God like you do, Miss Karen. So I wrote a book because it's not hard. This is a God who wants to be known by us, you know, who took the first steps toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And so it's good news. So there was an event that took place January 1st, 1997. That was kind of a watershed moment. Yes. And it was a moment you could have gone one direction. You could have gotten bitter, hard hearted, you know, callous towards God, or you could become more tender. So tell us about what happened in January of 1997. Well, on that day, it was uh, my first husband and I were pastoring a church in Boise, as you had mentioned, and uh, 
New Year's Eve, we had had a big party at the church and prayer and stuff like that. And we were the last ones out, went to two in the morning. And so we went to bed late. And then on New Year's Day, we had an issue with one of our congregation members that my husband had to get up early and go take care of and help them. And so he had gone all that day without sleeping or rest. I took a nap (laughs) while he went to play football at the local park with the boys and watch football all day long. So he went to bed earlier than me. And when I got to bed that night, he went to heaven. He was dead. He he hadn't been sick or anything like that. He just passed away. And so I had questions, you know. That's why I wrote my first book. It starts with that story. It's called Why God Why? What yeah. to do when life doesn't make sense? Because it didn't make sense to me. But long story short, I ended up taking over pastoring the church uh, and my sons were 12 and 13 years old, so I had to pastor, raise teenage sons on my own, get over the death of my husband, you know. And um, I didn't start preaching right away just because I was, you know, getting over those things. And so inevitably friends would come to – minister friends would come and preach for us, and they'd want to pray for people, and they'd want to pray for me. So they would pray for me, and I would just – I ended up staying in the church long after everybody was gone as God just ministered so sweetly to me and, you know, just helped me. And uh, I can remember – I'd be, you know, sitting there talking to God, and I'd say, as long as you're just ministering to me so sweetly, Lord, and talking with me, is there anything you'd like to tell me about what in the world happened? (laughs) I just think you can talk to God honestly, right? right? And he every time would say, can you trust me? Well... You know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I could figure at this point of time where I've got to pastor a church, raise teenage boys, and get over the death of my husband is not a good time to stop trusting him. You know, so I would say, yes, Lord, I trust you. And this happened six or seven times. And so, and he had the same answer every time. Can you trust me? So finally, my lightning fast mind understood that this is what he wanted me to get. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll trust you. And I won't ask you that question again. I'm going to trust you. You know, and it's easy to say, yes, I trust the Lord. But how many know on a day-to-day basis, you know, front lines, rubber meets the road. Trusting him means, okay, God, I know you still have a good plan. I don't like this. I don't like the what happened, but I know you. I trust you. You are going to make this turn out okay. You're going to help me. Yeah. I think the challenge with the nature of your husband's death, your first husband's death, was that it it wasn't like he had been ill or no, he had, very sudden. you had some type of concern that, you know, unless there's a real turnaround, I'm going to lose my husband. And that's where a lot of people are that are listening today. There's both. Yeah. And people ask me, you know, which is worse? Would you rather have a long illness and then they die or would you, you know what, it's both have their pluses and minuses, you know, losing somebody is losing somebody. And there are people that are listening today and and they drove to work thinking it was just a normal work day, only to have them announce that we're laying people off today, or there's people that are just going through a normal routine life. And then all of a sudden there's some diagnosis or there's something that, so, you know, kind of unpack that for us. Whenever you felt, when the Lord spoke to you and said, can you trust me? Obviously, that's an answer, but it's a little ambiguous. I well, mean, sure. And, you know, every good Christian says, well, yes, Lord, I trust you. But, you know, then there's every day. 
And really what I did during that time period was I clung to the Word of God. I knew I had to have it. The Bible says that the Word carries us. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just knew I had to have the Bible. I would sit and read like and run my finger down the page like a five-year-old learning to read. I just ingested it. And you know what that meant, and I didn't know it at the time, but it meant that was God talking to me. And of course, the more you listen to him, the more he strengthens you and and helps you. And so I, I like to call that time period of my life the worst time period, of course, because of what happened, but also the best, because that's really where I fell in love with God. I was a word girl before that. I preached the word and all that. But, you know, you find out he's a very present help in times of trouble when you press into him. And so I learned a great life lesson at the time. The more you avail yourself to his word and times with him, the bigger he gets than your problems. And now you've come too late. <laughs> you know, I, my sons and I always say, you, you, the worst has happened to us and God saw us through. So now you can't scare us. Wow. That's very profound. So when I'm reading that particular chapter in the book, I underline that. And then I want to say it was last night I was sitting on the couch with your book and I was reading and my wife was in the kitchen and, and I said, Sharon, I'm going to read something to you. And I said, and I told the story, the backstory of your husband passing away. And then that comment, can you trust me? And I said, now, Sharon, isn't that what the Lord told you? Because several years ago I had a diagnosis of lymphoma. Yes. I and, heard that just on yeah, the radio. Yeah. And so I sat and I said, Sharon, isn't that interesting that God told you, she heard it as, will you trust me? And in this, can you trust? But there is a part of just, we're going to trust the Lord. But the key for me, the thing that touched me, is that you didn't allow this puzzling time in your life to shut you down spiritually, but you allowed it to kind of push you in. You can either run away from God, run towards the Lord. In your case, you went towards the Lord. And that's where people are at. Well, and that's why I wrote my first book, Why God, Why? Because people have questions. Yeah. And I think it's okay to question God. He's not going to fall off the throne. You can't scare him with any of your questions. He's heard them all before. <laughs> you know, I like to call that book a manual for getting past the pain. Yeah. Because at some point you just have to decide, okay, I'm going to trust you. I don't like this, but I know that there are some things. When something bad happens to you, you think, I don't know anything anymore. I thought I knew some stuff. I thought with long life he would satisfy us and show his art. Now I don't know anything. But there are some things you still know. He still has a good plan. He still loves you. He still sees the future. He still knows how to prosper you. He still knows how to multiply you. And so really, you can change your focus and get back to the things you do know. And that's really what that book is about. It helps you to see things you know, because sometimes when you're in trauma, you can't even think of one good thing. You can't right. think of a scripture. You can't think of any good thing. But a book will help you. Wait, no, this is what I believe. So the thing that helped you instead of becoming a bitter pastor's wife was you really pressed into God. That was really the thing. And so that's when I got closer to God. Yeah. And I. so that's the story that I get to tell. Isn't it just like God to take something that the devil meant for evil and work it for right. good? I, when I tell that story, people can identify because maybe they didn't lose their husband, but like you said, they lost their job or some huge disappointment or something changed everything in their life. They can understand that 
you can get closer to him and he wants to get closer to you. And if you do that in that time of crisis, you'll have a foundation and an undergirding that nobody can take away from you to live the rest of your life with. You know, Lester Summerall used to make the statement, it can either be your stumbling stone or it can be your stepping stone. Right. And perhaps that's where someone is at today. Is they're in a situation not identical to yours, but similar to yours in the sense that they've been very disappointed. And and what were some things that you did? What did that look like, getting closer to God? I mean, what were some things that you did? Well, again, the Bible. You know, I read for hours. And I hesitate to say that because it sounds like, you must read the Bible for right. six hours to right. get closer to God. Right. That's not really it. How did you get to know your best friend? How did you get to know your sweetheart? You spent time with them. And we, you know, we can't see God. So the way we spend time with him is to read his word, to pray, to maybe listen to other people teaching about him, to get to know him. But the best part is, and really the book starts out with this, closer than you ever imagined, starts out with the fact that he took the steps toward us first, that he wants to be closer. The more you find out how much he loves you, what he's done in Christ Jesus to make sure that you have full access to everything he is. You can be as close as you want. When you feed your spirit on that, by that I mean read it and think about it and talk about it, you realize, wow, this is awesome. God loves me. Of course I want to get closer to him. It's not a you have to kind of a thing. It's an open door. So Karen, one time I went through a similar challenge in my life, not nowhere close to losing a spouse, but it was a different, it it was my crisis in my life. And I was kind of locked in on, okay, I'm going to spend more time with God. How does this need to look? And and finally, I heard the Lord say to me, just enjoy me. There you go. Just enjoy me. Yeah, it's not a have to. And so, yeah, it, did, did enjoyment involve reading the Bible? Yeah. yeah. Did it involve prayer? Yeah. But it was, I'm just expanding upon what you said. It was just a relational thing. Right. When you time. first fell in love with your wife, it wasn't a have to. To spend time with her and get to know her better. Right. You know. So you tell a funny story in your book about a young couple that were dating. and uh, Tell this story. I mean, I, I think it's a funny way of helping to illustrate. Yeah, I think this story just really illustrates... Uh what it's like to choose to be closer. Okay, so there's this young couple, and if you were following along behind them in his pickup on date night when they were going out, you would see her sitting over next to him so close they practically look like one person, right? Because they're in love, and they're going out on a date. And then a few years go by, they get married, and they have kids, and now if you're driving behind their car five years later, you see him behind the wheel, and you see her over by the door. And one night she looks over at her sweetie and she says, honey, I just feel like we've grown apart. And he looks at the steering wheel and he looks at her and he looks at the steering wheel and he looks at her and he goes, who moved? Isn't that funny? See, and I just think that's us and God, right? In God's the in the same place that he was, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's up to us. Yeah. You could just scooch over anytime. I mean, there's no need to feel guilty if you feel you've gotten farther from him or you're not as close as you want to just scooch over. Well, Karen, we're so honored to have you here today, and we're going to continue our talk with Karen Jensen Salisbury, and we're talking about the book Closer Than You've Ever Imagined. So, Karen, if somebody was interested in getting their hands on a copy of this book, what do they need to do? They can go to my website, karensalisbury.org. That's Salisbury like the steak, 
S-A-L-I-S-B-U-R-Y. And uh, you can, you see the books section. You can go there. You can read the first part for free. You can order it. You can watch the video that goes with it. You can do all sorts of things right there on my website. And when you order, it takes you to Amazon. Okay. Well, Karen, we're going to take a break now. On the other side of the break, we're going to come back and look at some practical steps of getting closer to the Lord and understanding the love of God. We'll be right back right after this. The Road Show is a listener favorite, which airs each weekday here on the Oasis Radio Network, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central. The Road Show also has a great section on our website, oasisnetwork.org. There you'll find audio archives of select past interviews, plus guest lineup, and contact information and links to our Road Show sponsors and its hosts. So join us for The Road Show whether on your radio or on your computer at oasisnetwork.org. In case you're just joining us for today's road show, my name is Tom Arnold, and I'm having a conversation with our special guest, Karen Jensen Salisbury. Karen is a great ministry that reaches a lot of people, both in the U.S. and abroad. So, Karen, you're a writer. You speak at conferences. So you minister in churches, is that correct? Yes, I absolutely do. It's one of my favorite things to do, travel and preach in churches, just bringing them the word. And you have a book that's just recently been released that we're talking about today, but there's the author side, but then there's also the pulpit ministry. Right. I I don't know if that's the right word to use. Yeah, that's really what it is. I mean, I've been a a pastor and a pastor's wife and a children's minister and a a traveling evangelist and a teacher at a Bible college. And, you know, over time, you just get some experiences in different areas that you feel like you can share with people and be a help and a blessing to churches, especially having been a pastor, you know, and you're a pastor, there's something about inviting somebody into your church who gets it you know, and is able to share with your congregation things that encourage and help. And I even do help seminars and just, you know, I, I like helping churches. So what's the thing that you're most passionate about when you go into a church and you minister? What's something that, I know we're talking about getting closer to the Lord today in terms of your fellowship with the Lord, but what are some other things that God is really putting in Well, heart? you know, I do, when somebody invites me to come and speak, I do just pray and ask God, what do they need? Yeah. You know, so that varies. But I teach on parenting a mm-hmm. lot. And, you know, churches find that, pastors find that their congregation members need help with parenting. And parenting is also a great way to get people who maybe never would step inside of a church, but they need help with their kids, they'll come. So you can invite people, you know, to a parenting seminar and get them into the building kind of a deal. And so that's one of the things, just because everybody needs help in their family. That's so good, you know? Karen. Plus helps, plus women's events, plus getting closer to God, plus, you know, just well, whatever really a neat. church needs. Yeah, Karen, that's that's a blessing. And you've got 30 years of experience in ministry, 40 years as a writer. I'm old. You've been writing a long time. <laughs> I have. I was writing in high school and college. I put my way through college, writing on the school newspaper and all that. So it has Well, you're been a, a good writer. Thank you. I enjoy your choice of words, and you know, I always get new ideas when I read books and get different ideas on how people express themselves. And then you taught at Rama from 2005 to 2014. I did. What a blessing! Rama Bible Training College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Yep. Founded by Kenneth E. Hagen. 
And then you travel here in the U.S., but you go abroad. So tell me, what does that look like, going abroad? Well, I because of my Rama connections, I mostly end up at Rama churches abroad. There's over 250 Rama campuses around the world now. So really, you could be gone all the time. <laughs> so are there certain places in this world, are there certain countries that you just really feel a call to, or is it, is yeah, it all I'm, of them or some Primarily, of them? I feel called to Europe, mm-hmm. you know, and for a while, like when I was an instructor, I was going every summer. I haven't gone as much since I got remarried, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's picking up again. And so, yeah, European countries, I guess. What, what, what countries in Europe? Well, I just had a trip to Austria last um, October mm-hmm. because, again, I've preached at Rama Austria, and they have then Bible campuses all around Austria and Germany. And so I preach for them, and then I preach for all their graduates who have churches around the country. And you know? I think the misnomer that people have about Europe, they go, oh, yeah, Karen, I feel called to go to Europe, too. Because <laughs> it's so cushy. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's the there's a, you would have a greater probability of being born again if you were born in Central America than if you were born in Central Europe. Yeah, there's a religious kind of a yeah. maybe spirit there. But I'm telling you, God is moving there yes, just is. like he is everywhere. So yeah. it's exciting. So, Karen, one of the things that touched me was the fourth chapter, whenever you began to talk about agape love, the God kind of love, the Greek word for love being agape, the God kind of love, and how that as a teacher, you would emphasize that to your students at Rama. And I'm going to read the first sentence of uh, this chapter four. One thing that keeps us from getting closer to God is not understanding or believing how much he loves us. And then you go on to write, too many Christians believe in God all right, but they don't know that the entire intent of his heart toward us is everything good. Everything God wants for us is born out of his love. Yeah. That's so powerful. It's the answer, really. I mean, the gospel in a word is love, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So you would ask your students to memorize 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified Classic Version. Right. So that they would be prepared to be in unity and come together. So tell me a little bit about that. It's true. And I, you know, at the time, of course, my students didn't love me for it, but... In the years, you know, recently, they'll still come up to me and say, man, those love scriptures have gotten me through because I just truly believe if we learn to walk in love, that's how God walks toward us. Aren't you glad? When you read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and you read, you know, love endures long and it's patient and it's kind. These are the things that God feels toward us. This is how he loves us. That was what really touched me in that chapter was the fact that you flipped it. If God is love, then God is agape, you know, 1 John 4, 8. And then how you said, we always think of it as that is how our conduct needs to be towards others. But no, primarily it is true. That is true. But there needs to be an understanding that God relates to us the same way. Well, and if you think about it, Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit did a good job. He gave you the whole load of God's love. So you have in you the possibility to love people this way. You know, you have, so you have to understand he loves you that much. All of these things, this is how he loves me. And then because I have his love for me in here, 
I can love other people this way. And at the very end, it says, you know, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. I just think if you're living like that, your life is going to be a success. Right. So that's why I made them uh, memorize it, because if you can walk in this, you're always going to bear up. Your hopes are always going to be fadeless. Under all circumstances, you're going to prevail. I just think that's the secret. (laughs) Karen, as you're speaking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's some people that they view getting closer to God than, oh, no, that person's going to get more religious. They're going to get more boring or or mean-spirited or critical. But if you're getting close to God, you're getting closer to love. And love endures long. It's patient. It's the it's opposite kind. of it's mean. Not, yeah. yeah. It's not jealous. It's not vainglorious. It's, you know, there's so much about agape love that that needs to be the new man that we walk in or the new person that we walk in. And so the students, initially there's a little pushback, but now they kind of think Mrs. Karen is our helper with well, our they, marriage, our kids. It affects all aspects yeah. of life. And you know, Brother Hagen used to say that love is the uh, mark of spiritual maturity, right? Yeah. And you can kind of see that. The closer you get to God, you see the more he loves you. He's gotten such a bad name kind of in the world. People think he's mad, you know, and they think Christians are all judgmental. Well, if we're being judgmental, we're not understanding how much he loves us and how we can love other people. And you know what? Walking in love is not being a doormat. So many people think, well, you need to walk in love with him. Bummer. (laughs) You know, because I guess because they think then I'm not going to get my way. They're going to get their way. They're going to walk over the top of me. So I always say, did Jesus walk in love? Yes. Was he a doormat? No. Right. So... Walking in love is not being a doormat. It's doing what's best for the other person. Yeah, and we reap what we sow. If you're in a relationship where you sow love, you'll reap love. Yeah. And in a, as a family, if there's a lot of love in that home. And so I think sometimes we're deficit trading. You know, we're trying to give our family love or we're trying to give a spouse love, but we're not really fellowshipping with the Lord as we should be or keeping our mind renewed to the Scriptures. So, you know, I, I'll tell you what I think is the hardest part of all this, 1 Corinthians 13. You know, there's a lot of pills you got to swallow. I guess. I guess that's how people think of it. <laughs> but I think the one that can trip a lot of people up is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5, and the Amplified says, Beliefs. Right, uh, it's not touchy, resentful. It's not fretful. Now, notice this. It does not take into account the evil done to it. And then it puts in parentheses, it pays pays no no attention attention to a suffered wrong. Yeah. And isn't that good news? If you never paid attention when somebody wronged you, how free would you be? Right. Right? But our society is the absolute opposite of that. They're touchy. They're resentful. They're upset. And they're keeping track of every evil. And they're taking on other people's offenses. Right. You know what I mean? And so it takes quite a bit of mind renewal to come up with a different way of thinking. But that's what reading the Bible is for, to think of it the way God does. And the closer you get to God, the more you think like he does. And therefore, the more you know him and the more you look like him and act like him. It's only a benefit 
So Karen, I can just see somebody sitting down with you and they want to talk about their marriage and they want to talk about their husband or their wife. And they're really wanting you to get them mapped out on their marriage. And then you come to them saying, you just need to get closer to God. And then <laughs> well, they go, well, wait a minute. This isn't about me. I'm talking about my spouse. Well, isn't that what Paul said? Yeah. My de- let's let's change our determined purpose from changing our spouse or making them get along with us or whatever to make our determined purpose to know him. Yeah. Does he maybe have all the answers to our marriage? Yes. Will we get them all today? No. But that's a path we can take. Yeah. Determined to and know him. And when we're whole in our relationship with him, then we have wholeness to give out to the other person. Exactly. And then the more, again, the more you know how much he loves you and how much his love has been shed abroad in your heart, it's just easier to love other people. And you're not trying to pull life out of another person. You can't. Yeah. I know a guy who teaches on marriage and he talks about two ticks and no dog. Right. You know what I mean? The dog is God and the ticks should be sucking their life out of the dog and they'll be happy and plump like ticks should be. You know right. what I mean? If they're trying to suck life out of each other, they're in trouble. Karen, thank you for writing this book. Now, if a person is interested in getting a copy of your book, tell us again what would be some options for them if they're interested. Well, they can get it at any brick and mortar bookstore. And if they don't have it at that bookstore, ask for it, and yeah. then they'll get it in, right? It's available to everybody. And you can go to my website, karensalisbury.org. That's Salisbury like the steak, S-A-L-I-S-B-U-R-Y. And you can go to the book section and read the first part of it for free. You can order it from there. You can read the, you know, watch the videos that go with it and all my other books too. So if there's a pastor out there listening that says, wow, you know, I, I would like to have an outsider come in and minister on family or marriage or particularly parenting, same options available for them? Yes. There's a contact section on that website, karensalisbury.org, and it says invite Karen. Mm -hmm. And you can go there and and I'll be happy to get in touch with you and we can work out all the details. Thank you so much. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back to our final segment. And on this final segment, Karen is going to break it down where she gives us some real practical steps, daily disciplines, some things we can implement in our life that will help us to get closer to the Lord. We'll be right back right after this. I'm David Warren, Program Director at Oasis Radio Network and one of the hosts of this podcast. All of our hosts enjoy hearing from you, our listening family, so drop us a note. Our email address is roadshow at oasisnetwork.org. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you'll receive new episodes on your mobile devices. And now, back to the show. On this final segment of The Roadshow, we have with us in the studio Karen Jensen Salisbury talking about her most recent book, Closer Than You Ever Imagined. My name is Tom Arnold, and I'm enjoying listening to Karen share with us about getting closer to God. Really, that would be the ambition of every Christian. Yes, yes, for sure. I think you would be self-deceived if you thought, oh, no, I'm good. Yeah. And if you think that, then you really need the book. Yeah. What do you think heaven's all about? I mean, we're going to continually grow in our knowledge of the Lord. Yeah. So there's a statement I heard one time. It says, you know, there's some people, if they don't already know it, they're not going to be willing to learn it. You know, and so sometimes I think in Christianity, people think, well, I've been around for 40 years. I've been in the church. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're a growing Christian. We should always be growing, don't you think? Yeah. Stretching. And and you have some practical steps 
Now, I like the illustration of the cell phone, Karen. I think most people identify with that illustration. Well, because your cell phone lasts you for a day, well, some more than others, but every day you have to charge it, don't you? Yeah. But you have to plug it into the power source to get the result you That's want. That's so simple, but it's so true. It is, it? and humans are the same way. We've got to, if you, I always say every day you go without reading your Bible is a, a day you're trying to live life in your own strength, and it's too hard for you. And you know what's funny, Karen? When my teenagers get in the car, instinctively, they're plugging in there. They're taking every opportunity available to charge their phones. In other words, yeah. if we're driving across town, even if it's a 10-minute drive, they're going to want to constantly be powering up. And what I think, if we did that as Christians? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Look for opportunities to charge up. Yeah. And you bring out in the book a daily discipline or a daily devotion. Even a habit, you could call it. Yeah. It's like an appointment. I always think if you have an appointment, you move heaven and earth to keep that appointment. And we should have a daily appointment with God, a daily charge-up time, just like your phone. Try telling your phone we're not having one of those today. Right. And it's going to die on you. And I think of whenever Paul talked about the people at Berea, how they were more noble than the people of Thessalonica, because he uses the phrase, they search the scriptures daily. Daily. So that kind of gives us some scriptural background that there was a discipline of daily involvement and engagement in the word. Yeah. And it's hard to kind of teach this because it sounds like a have to. You know, then you're back to the rules. And if I don't read the Bible every day, I'm not a good Christian, you know. And that's just not what it's about. It's about that daily charge-up time, that wonderful benefit of powering up, plugging into the power source and getting your day, your steps ordered, like the day with my dad at the airport or a million other stories I could tell you of when you put God first, he sets everything in order for you that day. So instead of living life in your own strength that day, you're living your life in his strength. You're getting your marching orders. You're you're peaceful. You're happy. You poured out your troubles. You're, I mean, it's just the best time of day is when you get with God. It doesn't have to be in the morning. Maybe you're a night person. Do it before you go to bed. You'll have good dreams. Yeah. (laughs) So, Karen, my brother is a dentist. Okay. And, you know, we're always checking with him, going for visits, cleanings, checkups. And I take our kids there. My wife and I are there. And, you know, if he ever says, you know, you need to brush twice a day, nobody says, oh, he's just so legalistic. (laughs) Exactly. He's so legalistic. Your your brother is. Uncle Forrest is so legalistic. You know, they don't think that way. They just realize, no, he's just trying to help you to have good health, good hygiene. And it's the same way spiritually. It's not have to, it's really a want to and get to. It's absolutely, imagine the creator of the universe, the wisdom of the ages is making a way for you to meet with him. Come on, keep that appointment. Okay. So ideally it could be in the morning, but it's not a have to. No. Everybody's body clock is a little different. That's right. If you have to do it at your lunch hour, it doesn't matter. So tell us what some steps. You mentioned praise and give thanks. Yeah. I actually, in the book, have written down an example of what sure. my daily devotions look like. Now, again, it doesn't have to be what everybody does, but I'm kind of like a person who, give me a how-to. Sure. You know, so this is a skeleton. You could build your daily devotional time around. And the first one is, well, I'll just tell you all five. I have them written down here. Praise and give thanks. Read the Bible. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. And make the day's schedule. And I just think starting out with praise and giving thanks is a great way. Instead of just thinking of God as, you know, I only run to him when I have trouble. Yeah. 
This starts it out relationship. Father, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Right. Thank you for protecting me and my family and all your benefits. And that, you know, the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord. And how many know sometimes we oh, magnify the problems? Right. You know, <laughs> to magnify means to get bigger. So when you praise him, he gets bigger. I mean, he doesn't in size, but in your head, he does. Right. In your faith, he does. So starting out with praise and thanks is a great way to start your devotional time. Well, and I think if you go to the gym, sometimes I see people and I can tell they're further along than I am in terms of their fitness and conditioning. And, you know, I'll just ask them, so tell me, how do you do this? Or what do you, you know, a lot of times, well, I start with cardio. You know, and so there's just something you can learn from people in the natural for mm-hmm. keeping the outer man conditioned. Right. And I think in your case, you can say, hey, look, I've walked with the Lord uh, you know, for quite a while, and these are some disciplines that help me. And of course, there's a biblical premise, and that is enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Right. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So it, it starts with adoration towards the Lord. Right. And it's fun to do that. It is. It helps you. It puts you in the right frame of mind. It helps you focus yeah. on the right things. And then after you spend some time just worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord, there's just kind of a natural flow to where you want to go to his word. Right, because that's him talking to us. Yeah. And there's a million ways to read the Bible. Yeah. You know, there's the read the Bible in a year. There's a Bible that does that for you. There's the chronological Bible. There's the just start in the New Testament. I mean, there's a, a ton of Bible reading programs to yeah. help us do that. In Romans 1, Paul said, you're without excuse. That's right. How much more is this generation without excuse, at least yeah. if you live in the West? I mean, there are so many opportunities right. for the Word and, and, you know, Bible apps and, like you mentioned, audio. Now, one of the things that you brought up, Karen, I really thought this was great, okay? And it was the more you read the Bible, the more you want to read the Bible. That's true, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, the more chocolate chip cookies you eat, the more you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or the more, you know, really whatever you give yourself to, you create a desire for. And you made that statement. Yeah, so so start in, you know, don't, and try not to think of it as a have to, you know, because then you'll get into it and it'll be even more enjoyable and you'll really, really want to. Yeah, when you made that statement about just the more you read the Bible, the more you want to read the Bible, I thought that's the bullseye. That's just right on. Now, another statement you made in this segment of the book was you talked about the importance of daily Bible reading will expose you to the whole counsel of God, unlike just reading selected random scriptures. Yeah, I think it's important to read through the Bible because it's all the Word of God. You know, we all have our favorite scriptures. Uh, You know, hardly anybody has Matthew 5.44 on their fridge. You know, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Exactly. (laughs) But that's important information that you need. You know, so read. I mean, there may be a time, of course, you you pull out your favorite scriptures or if you're believing for something. Sure, for meditation. Yeah, but I say read through it because you want to get the whole counsel. That's such good advice for people. Now, the third thing is the prayer side. And you bring out kind of there's a balance. There is a devotional prayer to where... We're at a place of prayer, but then there's also the pray without ceasing side. Sure, and there's a, a lot of different ways of prayer, yeah. right? I mean, get, you know, Brother Hagin's big book on prayer and study all the ways there are to pray. But, you know, prayer is talking to God. Yeah. It's a conversation. Sometimes you talk, sometimes he talks. You know, pour out your heart to him and then listen to him. There has to be that time of communication just from you to him because there's going to be things in your life where he's going to say, you know, I need you to move or I need you to talk to that person. And that's not in the Bible. 
yeah. you know, those specific words. So the prayer time is where you hear from him. I thought when you made the comment, just it's a balance, meaning, yes, we have devotional prayer. There's kind of that holy moment where we're by ourselves, like Jesus modeled that. I mean, he went alone by himself and prayed. But yet there's also that First Thessalonians pray without ceasing and just, you know, you're just constantly in an attitude of prayer. Yeah, like I always say, have your spiritual antenna up. There you go. You're listening for him. Yeah. And then you bring out another aspect of this time of devotion with the Lord, daily discipline of devotion, is praying in the language of the Holy Spirit. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people are scared to talk about praying in tongues, not me. Yeah. It is the best gift ever. It helps you pray out mysteries. It charges up your spirit, man. It When you don't know what to pray for as you ought, pray in the spirit, you yeah. know. And so you're praying out your day. You're praying out the things that you're about to come to, and it'll all be worked out by the time you get there because you prayed it out in the spirit. Now, one of the things I really liked at the end of the book, you were able to put um, – how to be filled with the Holy Spirit right? and just help people with that. You know, when I write a book, I want, you can read it, but I want you to be able to hand it to your unsaved sure. neighbor yeah. and they'll read it too. Because your unsaved neighbor has this hole in their heart. They want to be closer to God. And you can hand them this book. It's simple enough and they can get born again from it. They can get spirit filled from it. It's all in there. Yeah. You mentioned how that praying in the language of the Spirit God will reveal things to you. He will refresh you. He will give you boldness. And then you talk about your husband. Can you just take a couple of moments? You know, you here you are as a, a lady who lost your husband in 1997. You're in ministry together. You had a long period of being a mother, a single mom, raising your boys. And then you meet this young man and you're thinking, God, is this the right person for me? Yeah, and I say pray in the Spirit. You know, yeah. ask God to reveal things to you. If you're looking for a mate and you meet somebody and you think this might be them, pray in the Spirit and ask God to reveal things right away yeah. before you get all the way in love and you can't really hear right. from God, you know, because your emotions are sure. so strong. I think the more we pray in the language of the Spirit, we either get a peace about it or right. we get an unrest in our spirit right. about that. Yeah. Then you mentioned make your day schedule. So in other words, kind of before you launch out, put together an agenda that's pleasing to God. Yeah, and he'll that's if you've put him first, he'll show you, no, don't do it in that order, do it in this order. Yeah. He he'll help you. So Karen, one more time, if somebody would like to get their hands on a copy of your latest book, would you tell us what we need to do? You can go to my website, karensalisbury.org, and under the book section, you can see it there. You can read the first part for free. And let me just add this. In the back of every chapter of the book is a section where all the scriptures that we use, and then there's a declaration or confession that you can speak the word out for yourself. So it can really be used as a study tool. You can do it in groups. You can, you know, it's how you take hold of the word for yourself. You haven't just read it, but now you've spoken it and take hold of these truth for yourself. Karen, thank you for being here. Thanks thank for, for having me. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you for all your ministry to the Oasis Network. It's a blessing. You're a blessing to this network. And on behalf of the Oasis Network, this is Tom Arnold, along with my special guest, Karen Jensen Salisbury, saying thank you for joining us for today's Roadshow. Also, thank you to all of our sponsors and our Watchman partners for making today's program possible. I'd like to send you off with these words from James chapter 4 and verse number 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Join us next time for another great roadshow. 
You've been listening to The Road Show. If you'd like to write to us, here's our address. The Road Show, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. Our email address is roadshow at oasisnetwork.org. The views of today's guest aren't necessarily those of this station, but we do appreciate and thank our guest for spending this time with us. The Road Show, an Oasis Network presentation.